Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Okay, listeners, welcome back for another great episode of the Smart Retirement Podcast for you. I'm here with Mr. Matt Hollander, and this is your co-host, Mike Points. Welcome back, and Happy New Year, everyone. Matt, I am. we're recording this on the 19th of January, and that is the day before the inauguration. It is. No. Wait, it's the inauguration the 21st or the 20th? Well, if today's the 19th, it will be the 20th. Yes, it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> I read uh, I read through a short little article that traditionally the the optics are during the parade that the incumbent president rides in the back of the limousine with the new president as a way to show a transfer of power. I just don't think that's going to be happening for us, but I do think that the listeners are on the edge of their seats, wondering, watching, and understanding, trying to understand what this new presidential turnover is going to do for not so much the country, which is important, but for what we talk about on this show, which is their retirement and how it's going to affect the ability for their local communities to um, you know, make money and bounce back from last year's pandemic. So very exciting times in the sense that politics plays a big role in how the economy is going to improve. Or should I say, sorry, that came out wrong, not improve, help it get back on its feet. One would hope, right? I don't see 2021 being the silver bullet of a year per se. Uh, We're still dealing with the pandemic, even with the the changing of the guard. Um, You know, if we look at the increased spending from the feds on the balance sheets, uh, almost seven and a half trillion dollars last year. They're saying by the end of 2021, we'll be up to about 14 trillion in spending here. So it, this is not an issue that's going to go away tomorrow, right? Just because we have a change in the guards, it's going to take some time. Um, you know, regardless of who's in the office, we got hit with a pandemic, right? Who's that's to blame right. for it? Well, that's a totally different topic, and let's not even get there on that. But how do we come back for it and how do we protect and be smart retirees and hedge ourselves in such a way that we're going to be able to survive you know, in our retirements for another 20, 30 years if need be? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things that you know I'm hearing is a lot of people are rushing to precious metals, right? Everyone's concerned about the devaluation of the dollar right now, which you know the dollar got hammered this last year. And mm-hmm. it really comes down to just the amount of money we're printing. Right. And what was interesting is gold actually is up uh, 24% for the year end. And silver uh, was actually up almost 47% for 2020. So that tells me that we're definitely a little bit bearish in the market as far as where we think things are going to go. People are starting to run into more of the. Uh, you know, the, the actual assets rather than having money in cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and we saw things like this similar in, in prior administrations. And, you know, if we go even go back to like 08, when the market took a fall, uh, you know, people were doing this. But mm-hmm. we're looking right now is, I mean, the dollar is at its lowest level that it's been since April of 2018. Um, 
So, I mean, is there necessarily a panic? No, I mean, we're the dollar was still decently strong. Uh, do I think it makes sense to have some diversification, like we talk about in this you know, show a lot, in some precious metals? Right now, might not be a bad idea. If precious metals see the same type of takeoff this year as they did last, I think it'll be a good argument to say that it will continue a, a bit of a run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Biden in one of his addresses, I think it was last night's address, um, they were talking about the white metals industrial use uh, when it comes to his new green ener- green energy stuff that's going to be being rolled out. So if hold, that on is, hold on a second. What, what is a white metal? Well, I think what they're saying is white metals like your silvers or your platinums, things like that that okay. are used inside okay. of um, infrastructure. Yeah, or energy energy retaining renewable type. energy type of whatever that may be. Right, I'm okay, not. So we're, a talking about, we're talking about windmills, solar panels, things of that nature. The yeah, actual, I got it. The actual product that helps convert that natural source of energy into real energy. Got it. Okay, you got it. And what they're white saying metal. is. I did not know that was a thing until now. <laughs> um, what they're saying is silver is going to have a huge play in all of that. So silver's value should technically continue to rise for the next couple of years is what they're saying. At least that's what I'm hearing from the guys that you know I work with closely. I've got clients calling me, hey, Matt, I want to buy some gold, silver, whatever. Can we do it? Yes, listeners, if it's something you're looking at doing, I can help facilitate it. 866-53-RETIRE. Uh, give us a call or shoot us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. And I'd love to have a conversation with you and, and show you some ideas there uh, if it makes sense in, in, in some of your portfolio. You know, Matt, it's, I'm glad you're mentioning that type of stuff because also the other, you know what I'm going to deal with on a day-to-day basis is not so much metals, but you know, I as a counterpoint, a truly a good index to watch when thinking about are rates going to go up or down, right? That's the question I get all the time. Hey, Mike, should I rush to get you my my income documents? Or do you think the rates are just going to go back down again to where they were in, in October and September where they were just, or July when they were just juicy, just two and a half percent 30-year notes? Um, I look at the 10-year treasury note, Matt, and a lot of times traditionally what happens is whatever the 10-year treasury note is, so today it's trending right now at 1.094%. So just under 1.1%. You would add 1.5 to that number, and that would be where the 30-year mortgage rate is trending. So it'd be at 2.6 today. 2.625 is really the rate that you'd get. Um, not exactly the case because the market's skewed right now with regards to demand and how much banks are able to take on business. So they're at capacity. We're at 300% capacity, meaning that you know what we do in a normal year, we're doing three times that amount. So naturally, there's a supply and demand effect where the banks themselves are saying, hey, let's turn this faucet down just a little bit. Um, only way to do that in a market like this is to make their rates higher therefore retard some of the the demand. But what I'm saying is, you know, in the last 52 weeks, okay, the 10-year treasury treasury note went from 0.380 to where it is today at point, basically 
1.1, excuse me. So we've seen almost a 300% increase in value on the treasury note. It dropped way lower originally because of the outlook of the economy. Sure. Global, global and domestic. Um, you can go, you can track the 10 year treasury note easily at um, Wall Street Journal's market pages. Um, very easy to find, you know, just go to Wall Street Journal, um, search right there in the top right. I like to use that site. It's it's very accurate. It updates about every minute. And I'm mentioning this because what a lot of people ask me, I need to give factual data with. I can't just say, well, you know what? It feels like rates will probably just be fine. You know, I mean, there's Jerome Powell, the president chair, the leading spokesperson for the Federal Reserve. And he's saying we're going to do whatever we can in our power to keep rates low. They deal with the prime rate, which is not directly the mortgage rates out there. I have to spell, I have to mention that to listeners all the time um, and clients. But what he's saying is that he's going to keep the, the general rate of interest, the cost of capital as low as possible. So it's very interesting to see now this 10-year treasury note since, let's see, we broke above one point. So we broke above 1.0 right after the new year. It was actually right around the um, the 6th of January. That was the same day that they were reviewing um, the, the, the ballot results for uh, President Trump and President-elect Biden's results. And then it went, it skyrocketed up. It went up about 12% in one day. And then it dropped back down to what I would say is pretty stable right now, just below 1.1. So these, I'm bringing this up and it, cause I think it, it accompanies or dovetails nicely with your gold and silver comment Sure. as the, as the economy starts to see more vaccinations work as this new, um, Biden first hundred days may breathe some, um, more optimism into the marketplace. Watch the 10 year treasury note as that starts to float up. That's what the market's telling you. That's what people's dollars are saying. Yeah, we we do, in fact, think that this, this economy is going to bounce back. The 10-year treasury note is not invested by just Americans. It's all over the world. And in fact, it's one of the best global um, bonds, treasury notes out there right now in, in, the, in the entire globe. So just good stuff to look at, you know. And I know, Matt, I know you want to touch on Social Security just briefly because we hit the new year here. So I want to give you time to do that before we hip, hop into our first break. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, Social Security is going to be not much to really get too excited about this year. Um, you know, again, with all the money being printed and things, um, looking at CPI and everything. So Social Security increase, we're looking at 1.3% for 2021, um, which is, I think, about half of what we saw for 2020. Um, so really not getting... Uh, too much of a, a pay increase there. But at the same time, for the time being, the uh, you know inflation and things have stayed pretty stagnant as well. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be a huge effect on a lot of people's retirements for this year. But nonetheless, there is a small increase for everyone out there. Yeah, silver lining of the, and I don't know if it derived from the CARES Act, Matt, you'll have to tell me. Um, 2020, Retirees did not have to touch their did not have to touch their retirement accounts and take out RMDs. That's correct. So that's that's pretty nice. I mean, that's thirty, forty, fifty, maybe maybe seventy five thousand dollars that you had that you were able to leave in and not pay taxes on. 
Sure. You know, I had a lot of clients that actually called me and they're like, hey, Matt, can we not take that because we don't pay taxes on it this year? I said, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So definitely um, was was a silver lining, if you will, for the uh, for the year. So. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Uh, before we go to the break, I just want to have one more announcement. In 2020, at the end of the year, as we wrapped up our year, we, we let our listeners know that we were going to start doing um, in a in conjunction with the show, our recording podcast, we were going to also do a video, and we're gonna we're gonna start the trial and error on that. Uh, actually, Matt and I meet in between every show the following week, so we're gonna work on that next week, and we'll try our darndest to get that up and running in February. Ain't that right, Matt? It, that's the uh, that's the plan. So the plan is uh, <clears throat> you'll be able to go straight to YouTube. You'll type in Smart Retirement Podcast. You'll see our account. I've actually already gone on there and created that. Um, so we've got the name. We just need to plug in some video. <laughs> so yeah. So it lets you see. I mean, Matt's a much better looking guy than I am, but it lets you oh, see you know on. who you're dealing with because you know this show's about your retirement. You know, if you don't work with us, that's fine. But we find that we get the best value out of working with our listeners after they listen to a couple episodes, they get a little bit educated or they get a little bit um, curious about one topic we've mentioned, call in to discuss that with us. And we can openly discuss what your situation is and, you know, tailor the advice to you. We can roll right into products and services that we can offer you to cure or solve the issue you may have. Um, so whether it's a refinance, which we're going to talk about today on the second half of the show, or a purchase loan, or with Matt, I mean, Matt's had people call in and talk to him about the variable life insurance policies we've discussed in previous episodes. Uh, Matt's had, you've had all types of things calling, right, Matt? Uh, you, yes. <laughs> Just about anything under the sun when it comes to anything. Thing that you know comes to planning for retirement, I guess. So, and I think that's why you and I work so well together is because they sometimes will call and have questions that feed in kind of together. So, listeners, as always, you know, feel free to give us a call. No question is a bad question, right? We're all here to learn and create a successful smart retiree community. So, 86653Retire. Again, that's 86653Retire. Or shoot us an email at info at smart retirement cast. Dot com. That email actually will go both to Mike and I. So one of us will respond to you uh, to determine what's going to be, you know, whoever is going to be the best suited, I guess, for that question. So Mike, why don't you say, why don't we take a break real quick? And when we come back from the break, we'll dive into a little bit more of the refinance topics that you would like to discuss today. Yeah, listeners, we're going to talk about how you can get a refinance yourself without showing any income. Maybe your income's gone down drastically in retirement. And if that's not the way to do it, how you can have your kids help you with a refinance. And if that's not going to be something that you can do, adding them to your loan, then how the property that you live in yourself will help you get this refinance. So stick around. We'll be right back with some great tips on this Smart Retirement Podcast. Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you 
to improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 1246224. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Hey, 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 listeners. We are back from that short break. Thanks for sticking around. And now we're going to give you the best part of the show. The reason I want to talk about these topics today, which truly is getting a refinance in retirement for those of you who have cut off, you know, a wage earning or self-employment income is because honest to God, it's really difficult with these mortgage guidelines that we have. Most bankers, and when I say bankers, I mean the loan officers and even a lot of the underwriters are just following basically a manuscript, almost like stereo instructions. And they typically look for certain types of income that you need to have in order to qualify you. Those of you that have tried to get a refinance recently and have been rejected, you probably gave them your social security. Maybe you gave them a pension. Uh, Maybe you've got an annuity with Mr. Matt Hollander here, and it's giving you a certain amount of income every month. And so you showed him that too, but it's all together. It's not enough income to help you prove to the bank that you can repay the loan. And this is the part where you put your hands up and say, guys, if you just look at my retirement account, I could pay the freaking loan off myself. I don't know why you're not giving me a loan. I just want to take advantage of these lower, better interest rates. Or maybe I want to get some cash out to do things like debt consolidate and pay off the RVs so that I can travel the nation with a motorhome that I own, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to break it down into three sections of where I take my clients through the process of qualifying for a mortgage loan without showing any real income. Okay, so the first way you do it is you do it with your own assets. So this is step one, bullet point one, I should say. Back in October of 2019, Freddie Mac, which is one of the major mortgage purchasers of all loans, as you may know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac Mm -hmm. um, are in conservatorship and they buy most of the loans that are on the marketplace. They package them up and sell them as mortgage-backed securities to Wall Street. Well, Freddie Mac has been listening to these complaints and in October of 2019, They went out, Matt, and they said, look, here's what we'll do. If one of the borrowers on the loan is 62 years or older, then we will look at their asset accounts, their vanguards, their, you know, uh, Schwab accounts, whatever, 
maybe maybe you've got like a 403b that you've got saved from when you were a teacher. We will look at that asset account. We will not discount or reduce the amount of the total value in the account. And we will divide whatever their total value is by 240 months. Okay. We're going to allow that number. So if it's a hundred, let's say it's a $350,000 account with Schwab. We divide that by 240 months. That's now $1,458 a month in income. We're just going to put right on the application. They do not need to grab that money. They don't need to start a distribution. They don't need to do anything except be 62 years of age. And they need to either live in the house as their primary or it needs to be a second home. Now, on another episode, or if you're going to call me, again, you can call me at 866-53-RETIRE. Option two will get you right to me, Mike Points. If you're going to say to me, hey, look, this house has been an investment property. It's on my tax returns and investment property, but we want to make it a second home. We need to talk through the difficulties of that. But anyone that's got a primary residence or a vacation home and you've been declined or having difficulty getting a refinance, you can use this very new, very handy guideline. And it's only with a Freddie Mac loan. Fannie Mae does not allow for this calculation. So I've got a quick question, Mike. If they're using assets that's inside of some type of investment account, does it matter what the assets, like how it's invested? It doesn't no. matter at all. Sorry, I was taking a swig of water. No, you're fine. So, <laughs> so I've had people with cash. I've had people tied up. So the only thing that matters, if you say to me, hey, this is a pension account, and the pension account is, let's say you're 62 years of age and you're working part-time still for the employer, and they won't actively let you start taking the income until you've fully retired, that's where we get stuck in this weird gray area. That's like less than 1% of the people I talk to, Matt. Yep. Um, most of the people are going to say, oh, I've got social security. I got this little, you know, $600, $700 pension, or I've got a couple of real estate assets and the cash flow to me is about six, $700 a month. So with social security, I'm only about $2,000 a month. I just need to show 800 or 900 more dollars and I can get this loan. I can get these rates below 3%. I can do it on my primary or my, my vacation home. All we have to do is pull the asset sheets. Danny, my assistant, will look right at those. She'll plug away at what your total value is, divide it by 240, and she'll let me know what the new income is. Like I said, on a $350,000 account, that's $1,460 a month in income. We just added with you doing nothing but me knowing how to set you up for this. Now, the second way you do this yourself, okay? And I'm doing the I'm doing three of these loans right now. People are saying, hey, look, I've got, you know... I." That's great about how you can qualify me, but I also want to get a better rate on my real estate that I own as an investor because that's really where it gives me income. And I'm having lots of trouble there. All we have to do is go into one of your accounts that you prefer that hasn't been distributing income to you. Let's say, again, it's a Charles Schwab account for the sake of just uh, consistency or continuity. You're going to ask your advisor or the custodian, in this case, Charles Schwab, to start distributing to you a certain amount of income every month that I've pre-qualified you with. So like we will look at your file and say, hey, if you get $1,950 or more a month starting in January at the end of the month and you get this letter that just has to say, basically, we're going to give this to Mr. Jones every month, you know, in perpetuity until the money runs out. 
we can start a loan application one day after I see that letter has been signed. And now you can qualify for primary residence refinance, second home refinance, or an investment property refinance. That's now bona fide eligible income that I can use. And let me tell you this, this is the part that no one, no one ever really likes. I just told them to start taking money out of their account, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have to pay taxes on that. The mortgage industry, we're not idiots. We know that as soon as you close, you're going to call your custodian back and say, hey, could you turn that thing off, please? I don't really want to um, take out this much money forever. Perfectly ethical to do that because our mortgage guidelines look at one thing and they say, here's the total value of the account. If we divide it by the $1,900 that Mr. Jones is going to start receiving, and he can do that for at least the next 36 months, and we don't care what he does after we close the account, after we close the mortgage. So this is a way that you and your assets can get you a loan where maybe a credit union or just a run-of-the-mill loan officer has said, hey, you just don't show enough income. Guys, 2021 is going to be a darn good year to do this refinance. Maybe last year you got kicked around from a couple different banks and finally got to someone that told you, hey, we just can't do it. I'm telling you, if you've got these assets in custodian accounts, we can do it and I can show you how to do it. Um, the second way to do it, go on, Matt. Are you going to say something? Well, I was just, I was just going to ask a question on that. So you know, we, we're talking on a refi. What about on a purchase? Purchase, you can do it as well. Okay. Must must be living in the home as a primary. Thank you for asking that. Mm-hmm. So you can do it on the purchase. Um, the way I told you before, where we just don't take any money out, we just divide by 240 months, purchase and vacation home or second home. Got it. Distribution of income. I'm doing it right now with a client that has a UBS account. He's taking out just over $10,000 a month on a distribution. He's got $380,000 in this thing. So it's going to last for 38 months. And the underwriter has approved the loan to purchase a new investment property with the proceeds from the money he's taking out of his UBS account. He started that in December. We're closing in February. Got it. He went now, to a law. He went to a large institution. They told him he couldn't get a loan. Okay. Now, because this, I'm curious here because, and I know your next one, you're going to talk about a little bit about kids income. Like for myself, my dad and mom want to, they're looking at buying another home. Right. And my dad's not working anymore. He's just taking social security. He's got a small pension. Yeah. Um, you know, mom's got a little bit of work, but for what they can really, you know, afford based upon what's in their accounts versus what the bank says they qualify for. I was wondering, maybe I can use some of my income to help mom and dad, you know, qualify for something. So I'm, I'm, I'm like sitting on the edge of my chair to hear your ideas here. Yeah. So <laughs> Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and thank you for that segue, Matt. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, really do a good job of focusing on um, the younger generation helping the older generation. Just think about the home. It's very generational. Many, many mm-hmm. cultures like the the kids live with their parents as they age to help them out with the day-to-day life stuff. But the parents also watch the little one because that middle generation is like, mom, I got so much stuff to do. I got to get to the office. I got to pick them up from school. Someone's got to feed this kid. I can't do it all. Um, And that's whether you're married or not married. So Fannie Mae is aware of that and Freddie Mac is aware of that. So here's what they do. First thing you can do, if the parents can't qualify on their own, I have to prove through the tax returns and their income that they wouldn't be able to qualify. And Matt, they'll let you buy them a primary residence qualifying on your merits 
whether it be income or lots of assets, mm -hmm. or maybe a big down payment that sidesteps their income, uh, excuse me, that helps uh, segment their income that they can prove on the loan application. So first thing you can do is you can buy, even if you already have a primary residence, you're not violating a law and you're not being unethical. You can help them buy a primary residence where they can pay the mortgage and you guys will all three be on the house. When they already own the house and they're looking to do a refinance, then what it is is you become a co-borrower. So you come on the loan application. If they're not taking out any cash, then you don't even have to be on the title. You would just agree to be on the note. Many families have a understanding that, you know, I'm going to be on the note with you, mom and dad. But, you know, as soon as if you should pass away while I'm helping you pay for this mortgage, I want to make sure that the house is going to be in my possession. I don't want to just be having a house go into probate where I'm paying a mortgage on it but can't really access the title or make any moves with that property. Um, listeners, we're kind of segueing into some estate planning stuff, which we talked about right before Thanksgiving. And long and the short, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> uh, the kids' income will help them, will supersede and add and stack on top of the parents' income. If the parents just can't qualify for anything, like if the Social Security and you know the part-time wage or the small commission wage that parents are getting is not enough to get them a house then matt in this case or another child would be able to purchase the house as their primary residence why would you do that phenomenal down payment situations you could do three percent down um, phenomenal interest rates the lowest interest rates we offer um, the parents can make the payment so when you get that 1098 tax form matt from the bank you can have their cpa um, log and ledger that they've been making the payments. So they should be writing off the interest instead of you. You know, you want to still give your parents that tax efficiency. Um, the last thing you can do if listeners, if you're like, Mike, this is all fancy and great and all, but um, I don't really have a ton of assets and you know, I've just got this pension and social security and my mortgage is too high to qualify for that. And, you know, I love my kids and all, but they're just not someone I want to have on the loan with me or on title with me. We can talk about a reverse mortgage, which would allow the equity in the property. Should it be 50% or more equity? We can have a real good conversation about how we can refinance, take your mortgage payment away, and potentially get you a line of credit where you can have an access to liquidity, which and for me, that is the number one most important thing in retirement. The smartest retirees always have access to cash. They always have like a line of credit or $50,000 in the bank or a cash account with their custodian where they can, they can write checks to pay for things or consolidate debt or pay off something, go on vacation. So you're not selling a stock every time you need to access money or you're not like, you know, surrendering a, an annuity or life insurance policy to access money where that company is going to charge you fees or penalize you. So those are the three things I wanted to drop knowledge on you listeners today is how you can get a refinance yourself with no income, how you can rely on your kids, but do it the right way to help you get a refinance, take advantage of this marketplace and how we can even open up a discussion on the very sophisticated, mind you, um, well-marketed reverse mortgage that I'd like to talk to you about specifically with your situation. So listeners, I'm licensed in California, but I can help any of you in any state meet another loan officer 
that will be able to help you. I, I help with that situation. And really, I want you to contact me to talk about your scenario so that we can see how helpful this could be. But Matt, those are the things I wanted to touch on today. That's the, really the topic of the show is how to get a refinance done when you still don't show any income in retirement. Well, I love doing this show because with you because I learn so much sometimes just listen to this. And now I even, you know, have something I can go back to some of my other clients with. So. Kind of hurts. I kind of hurt some lead on your pencil moving on paper over there. <laughs> you did. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Was definitely taking some notes. So yeah. Uh, never, never a dull moment on the Smart Retirement Podcast. But uh, nonetheless, Mike, thank you. And uh, Smart Retirees, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, again, if you've got any questions, thoughts, concerns, whatever it may be, feel free to give us a call at 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Option one, I'll get you to myself, Matt Hollander, or option two to Mr. Mike Point. So Mike, with that, uh, I think we can go ahead and wrap up the show for today. What do you say? I concur, doctor. Awesome. Smart retirees, let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. Thanks for tuning in. I need somebody. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 124. Four six two two four. And I do appreciate you being around. Help me get my feet back on the ground. Won't you please, please help me? And now my life has changed in oh so many ways. My independence seems to vanish in the haze.